Hello and welcome to the Runway VC podcast, a podcast where we interview experts and disruptors in the travel and aviation industries to learn about their journeys, how they're making the future, and what tips they have for people wanting or even trying to make their own mark. Please enjoy this episode and remember you can always subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher by just searching runway.vc and hitting the subscribe button. Captain speaking. We are currently at a cruising altitude of 35,000 feet. We can expect no turbulence for the next couple of minutes, so please remain seated with your seatbelt fastened. Hello and welcome again. On this episode, we're actually going to be starting the first of a two-part series featuring Trey Fayard, the founder and CEO of one of the country's newest, if not the newest, airline called Glow. Glow is a regional airline that took its first flight last November and now serves New Orleans, Shreveport, Little Rock, Memphis, and recently the Destin for Walton Beach markets. The first part of this series is actually the audio from a presentation Trey gave as a part of the Loyola Center for Entrepreneurship and Community Development's Innovation Speaker Series. He goes into the backstory of Glow, how they are currently operating, and then some of the trials and tribulations he's currently running into as a airline startup. He then takes a few questions from students towards the end. The next part of the series is going to be one where we'll sit down and have an interview with Trey. So if you have any questions from this part, or if you have any questions that you had previously, please, please, please email them to me at chris at runway.vc, or you can send them to us at Twitter, just runwayvc. Lastly, before we get started, I want to apologize for the audio quality. We had a little technical difficulties before the presentation, so this is actually the audio from the video camera rather than a clip mic. I did my best to improve it. Uh, So without further ado, here's the presentation. Okay, hey guys. Um, My name's Trey Baylor. I'm the founder and CEO of flyload.com. We are the ladies that we think are the greatest. Regional commuter airline here in the United States. Um, I've got my vice president back there, Mike Welch. You guys need a date or a job? Talk to him. <laughs> you have to help. Uh, just kidding. Um, not really. Uh, but uh, strong history here. By the way, with Loyola, I'm always in law school here. My sister was a Westerfield fellow across the street uh, for a couple of years, so we love Loyola. I sold out when I crossed the street to law school, so I'm holding against it. I was such a good lawyer, I decided not to do that and do this. So, anytime you hear that, oh, two of them go to law school, just forget that. Um, anyway, so, you know, I, I would give this a quick run through. Um, I find these kind of things a little more valuable with y'all's input and chatting and just talking and real life experiences. I mean, I can tell you about it all day long and I would love to, I'm happy to do that. Um, so, wherever direction you guys want to take it, it's fine with me. So, you can click the next one. Uh, I'll get this out of the way the front end. Whoa, what's that mean? Okay. When you have a business plan or an idea, you can have a spark, right? Okay. And you want that spark to eventually turn into a bright, burning flame of great success. Hence, the glow of the flame. So that's glow. Uh, my very highly paid marketing consultant, my wife, came up with the colors. <laughs> so thank her. But uh, that's a soft 340B. It's a great aircraft. It's a hell of a good looking aircraft back there. Um, 30 seats, two pilots, laboratory, flight attendant, whole works. 
Uh, very efficient, very quick, about 300 miles an hour. Here's 54 minutes. We've got family up there. Look on flights about that. Uh, we're currently in uh, five markets. We started here in New Orleans last November. We started with Little Rock, Arkansas. We moved to Memphis then, and Shreveport, and now Fort Long Beach out of Little Rock, Arkansas, which has been a, a real good one uh, for us. And we would like to do that from New Orleans. I'll get on that later. But uh, we're always looking to expand a little bit. And to our previous speaker's point, you got to, you know, get it right before you go hog wild. Uh, we are looking at our fourth aircraft to come into play here in the next couple of weeks. So we'll have four aircraft and we will uh, gently expand. I mean, that's obvious I live here, right? So, um, <laughs> no, in New Orleans, I mean, if you, look at, if you look at where we are in the aviation world, you basically now have, as of seven days ago, Virgin America was purchased by Alaska. And Virgin was, a, and by all accounts, a small player, but yeah, a major airline. And that's kind of a term of major airline. You get to become a major airline, you have a billion bucks of revenue, which uh, Virgin America just got to. So they're a major. Uh, so right now you're down to four. And New Orleans has pretty good air service for city of Orleans. Um, all the hubs, some of the intermediary cities. But that is largely supported by tourism and jazz fest and all those cruise ships and all those, all those good things. When you get outside of a place like New Orleans, to a Little Rock, to a Memphis, to a Shreveport, to a Fort Walton, to all those little communities, the air surge is just going to get worse. And that is only just a fact of economics. And I'll give you one stat, I don't want to stat you that, but the average gauge of an aircraft is going from 70 seats to 90 seats in under five years. And that's going up. So if you think about that, these markets that are looking for service, and everybody wants, everybody wants air service is a totally non-partisan issue. But if you go, I could go out the street right here and be like, hey, I'm gonna start a flight to Beijing. What they're gonna say, that's wonderful. Then I'm gonna say, well, how many times are you gonna fly? Well, we'll never, right? Because everybody wants it, but you gotta be able to get on it, but I gotta support it. So as these gauges of aircraft get higher and bigger, you've got to start putting more people on those airplanes. And how do you do that? Well, you funnel them through a hub. Because when you funnel them through a hub, it's like the funnel. They all come out of the funnel, and every, that flight to Beijing all of a sudden makes sense. Uh, the other day, Delta has a flight to uh, the Emirates over to Dubai. There's four people locally, it's called O&D, that travel from Atlanta to Dubai every day. So in other words, four people are leaving Atlanta with the express purpose of going to Dubai. But they've got to fly every day with a 260-seat airplane. Why? Because they can follow those people into a hub. So when they do that, that hub and spoke model is wonderful, but it takes away heavily from economics of your life. I mean, I don't know if many of you all from North Louisiana or out of state, but if you're driving home on vacation or spring break or whatever, you know, the street is five and a half hours if you're lucky. And that's not taken into account. Yes, you got to go there, you got to stop and get a coke, you got to get a hotel, you got to get a hamburger. I mean, it's two days out of your life, more importantly. The cost is the cost that you fly now. It's 800 or 900 bucks to the cable market. And it was still a roughly five hour long way journey. So people just quit traveling in those markets. And so I saw a need, again, irrationally, to start an airline. But uh, it's, been a, it's been a very interesting process. And, if you, if you think about, and business is business is business, and, and the way I did it, I mean, I, I didn't go, I didn't do an MBA, I, I didn't have a straight business background as most of you probably do. You know, I went to Boston, um, which is great. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great education as well. I'm not talking to some but, you know, when you start something, if I could impute any advice, it's just like, you'll be told no and laughed at. How many times you get laughed at and you walk into the best of bank? Like, I'm starting an airline. 
Like, call the police, this guy. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I'm, I'm dead serious. Maybe not the police bar, but they, they laugh and they snicker and they throw you out and everything else. But, I mean, it's total perseverance. I mean, this company started really in 2010. Because I was a lawyer, a business person. I was just sick of it. I couldn't get anywhere. I put 19,000 miles on my car. I went to 64 cities. I went to 30-something airports. And, honestly, I pulled up a book of lists, top 100 companies. I called them all. I said, can I have a meeting with you? I'm starting an airline. Okay, sure. Half of them said yeah, half of them said no. And that was kind of the grassroots effort. Now, yes, we went through all the iterations of the data that was public and private and you can purchase. And you have to do that. You have to do that. But end of the day, you don't know if something's going to work, particularly in this business, if you put an airplane in here. And a great example of all the data that you would model and pull from the internet, da, da, da. prior to us starting, there was 1.3 people a day that flew from Shreveport to New Orleans. That's the reported data to the government that they had to report. Well, we beat that day one, first one. So if you just went strictly by that data, you would never start a flight to Shreveport. That's insanity. 30 c aircraft, one person a day. Well, guess what? Our first flight had 16 people. So I just got a text. I guess I get the manifest sent to me. We just had 20 coming down from Shreveport. That's just today. So yes, be very careful. And yes, do your due diligence. But you're going to be told no, and you're going to feel like you're going to fail. In fact, this is not a state story. When they asked me to speak about speak here, they asked me back in um, November. And I'm thinking to myself, shit, that's six months away. We don't need it, does it? I'm thinking, yeah, well, yeah, 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 sign up, sign up, sign up, sign up. So here I am. So maybe next time around, I'll ask you. Hopefully, we'll still be here. Uh, this is our roadmap, as I mentioned. Um, we go double daily, fly MSY at the Southwest Terminal. B-15. Uh, Mike runs our operation, uh, not only in New Orleans, but all our outstations. It's twice a day to all of our cities, except for Destin, Fort Walton. And on the weekends, we do once a day, Saturday morning, Sunday afternoons. Nobody really flies out to lunchtime Saturday and lunchtime Sunday. Um, this is a real good deal going on. Aloha Rock Destin is a seasonal Friday, Saturday, Sunday for us. And we're looking, I won't say where, in this area for our next city. Um, you got to be careful to get a real sense of these cars and stuff. But if you look at our aircraft, uh, they're really very useful and hyper competitive up to about 550, 600 miles. You don't really know much more than that. When you start doing that, you start getting into the jet range territory where they are more effective than your turboprop. Um, but if you imagine, there's a great website called GC Map here, you know, board one day. Go on to GC Map, put in 500 miles in New Orleans, and show you the surface. And that's kind of our range of as we like to be looking at. So when people ask, where are you going to next? Just draw a circle around New Orleans and say, well, if it's 500 miles, that's kind of what we're looking at. And people say, oh, well, why do you have New Orleans geographically? Yeah, see all this down here? That's the Gulf. That's a natural competitor. Nobody's coming along to get us, right? So that was a hard thing to get people's head around when trying to talk about raising money or finding money. And if I come to New Orleans and they all come down here to have a good time or have a wedding or Jazz Fest or whatever it is, you start talking about Shreveport, New Orleans, Memphis, Destin, and I'm like, where in the world is that? And that's that's a real tough hurdle, I found, personally, uh, on the financial side of things, right, this money. But it's just really, really hard. I, I have no secrets. I got a list of people I talk to, I'll give it to all of you and say, good luck. I'll make a call for you. It's just damn hard. Real quick, executive leadership um, back there. We have, this is higher now, about probably 32. We have 110 indirect jobs we support. Additional ground handlers are on back, throwers, and 
people that do this with the sticks when plane comes in and all that good stuff. <laughs> I cover that, you can swim the next one so we get to it. This is what I was talking about. Sorry, this age came over to here. Um, funding and pitch. Um, boy, I mean, there are some super dark days, and there's, there still are, I'm not going to lie. I mean, we're not, we're all like driving horses and buying houses in the same price, right? <laughs> it's hard. Um, I don't know. One of the things that I really am passionate about, and I spoke about this at Entrepreneur Week, and I spoke about it to Tim Williams about the village. It's very popular, and it's a great drum to be that, oh, yeah, we're starting culture with the online world. We, we, there's a lot of money in Louisiana, okay? There's not a lot of VC money. There's not a lot of just capital flowing out the top of the tower over here. I mean, you have to go find it, and honestly, I didn't find it. And that's upsetting to me. Um, my money is not local. I've got my own money in it, so that's local in a sense. My money didn't come from Louisiana. And I call it festing, not investing. Everybody wants to come here have a big time. And that's one of the things I think you guys need to realize, just in the, in the business side of things here at Illinois. The airport got almost, a, well, 10 million people. That's just commercial. We're not talking about private jets and yachts and one of the wealthiest guys on the planet brings his yacht in town almost every year for Jazz Fest. He co-started Microsoft. It's a beautiful yacht in Marshall Court. All these people, look at the convention list. You've got cardiology, you've got the oil companies, you've got doctors and bankers and lawyers, and they're all here. They're all coming here. They're just not bringing their checkbook. So one of the things I'm really focused on is like, let's, we don't need to pitch out and be like, hey, come to New Orleans, because they're not coming. New Orleans has sold itself. They're already here. They're just getting off the airplane or getting off the citation with the offer or their yacht. And they're here to have a good time. They, leave. they don't understand there is an opportunity here with tons of great ideas. So one of the things I was talking to other fellow about entrepreneur week is I think that the GNOs of the world, the entrepreneurs weeks, the idea village, the, the business schools, we need to get together and put a kiosk, I'm serious, put a kiosk at the airport. Invest in the world and like just have it out there because people will see it and, and they have no idea that anything happens here other than let's go get drunk and walk around the country. I mean, there are so many wonderful things here, and I just really I'm getting a little bit off topic. I'm just very passionate about bringing that here because there's no question that everybody in the Supreme Court has a great idea, but it's really difficult to get the money to go do it, um, and it's still difficult for us. We are constantly raising money. You don't just raise money, well, that's it. I mean, I'm constantly calling, constantly raising money. I'm going to New York next week. They get laughed at again. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's constant. And you really have to be really thick-skinned, have a good time with it, and just understand, you know, call the guy an idiot, a jerk, or whatever, under your breath, and walk out. It's just what it is. Um, and, you know, and frankly, we are not a tech, we are a tech business in the sense of it takes about seven transactions you never see when you book a ticket to you actually get you on the airplane. You can ask Mike, he's beating his brains up all the things that have to occur instantaneously for you to get your ticket. You know, trade fair, once supply, Shreveport, click, boom, done. Oh, I'll have a ticket. Well, all this stuff that had to happen. So in that sense, we're a technology company. But we're not, you know, we're an old, relatively mature industry business, which most people would tell you don't ever go do. Find a new app, find a new whatever. So our industry is highly capital intensive. Um, we are a slave to a lot of different things, labor, Tell you right now, your biggest problem is going to be people. I love all of our employees. Love Mike the most. But <laughs> your, your biggest problem is going to be people. I mean, I'm not in the airline business. I'm in the people business. Dead serious. Every day. Well, my cat's sick, right? You know, I don't like the water. It's some, always something. 
And if you're running that part of your company, which if you guys do what you want to do, you will be, it is always something. And you just got to be, I mean, you know, when you're, when you're running your show and you're starting up and it's so cool and it's so much fun and you're working all the time, you can be casual. You can be, let's order pizza and stuff online, let's tell a dirty joke. When you have people, strangers, that work for you, you can't. And so the culture shift from starting a business to running a business, I found was totally different. And, and a great story that I'll just throw out there. We were all pushing so hard for that first bike for the Rocky 50 from there. It was a Sunday afternoon departure. And we had we had the band set up, we had you know booze flowing, the cake, we had the whole thing. And so at full flight, uh, mostly we actually had band, I think we had six band on the first flight, it was good. There was a lot of friends and family and stuff, and my sisters came, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we get to Little Rock, and we're having a blast. Do what you do, we celebrate a lot, right? Three o'clock in the morning, I woke up and said, oh my God. We put so much energy to the first flight, I realized tomorrow's Monday, we have to do that twice. And in two weeks, <laughs> we have to do it four times. And in the six, we've got to do it six times a day, 12, 12 round trips. So don't lose focus I and mean, enjoy it. Have a great time. We certainly did. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not going to to get up here, but. Um, it is very important to stay focused because in our business, if you think about it, the airline business, in theory, as they say, should be the most boring, monotonous thing in the world. It's on the schedule. It's every day. So every day can be boring because the airplane goes out, the airplane comes back, nobody loses the bag, the weather's good, but that never happens, right? So I would imagine with your own experience you're going to have already had maybe that that's going to be the case. I mean, it, it, nothing is ever smooth, nothing is ever right. It's just a big pain in the butt, and sometimes you wonder why I do this. But I will say it's pretty cool to go out to the airport in the middle of the night at the last place, and maybe like, wow, I have an airplane. That's pretty neat. Um, for me. <laughs> <laughs> some, some people, it's cars, people, it's other stuff. I mean, I like the airplane. So, I mean, just quickly, regulation somewhere or another, you probably get that. that that's just been a real fun process. I was speaking prior to this, just hanging out, having a glass of iced tea. I did my, we our books for taxes. I've been to DC 47 times for this project, which is insane. Logistics, that's what they think. Flight planning, that could be fun. Pilots, crews, people, look out. Uh, maintenance, <laughs> these things are awesome. Airplanes are two things. They're fabulous generators of revenue, and they're fabulously expensive. You have known in the rooms ever flown an airplane with not when everything was not broken. Every airplane that departs, I don't care if it's American, British Airways, Emirates, whoever, something broke on it, guaranteed. You've never flown an airplane that's totally So, you absolutely have not. Uh, the next business we're all going to start is, is this one here, Smart Supply. Because these guys, I mean, we keep FedEx in business. I mean, every day we have four or five of these things. And it's not just, I mean, there's a thing that's just funny. It's a thing called speed tape. You know speed tape is? It's duct tape. But it's literally nothing. But if it's speed tape on the outside of it, they send it to you and they charge you forty-eight dollars a roll. You can't go to Walmart and buy the duct tape, which is the exact same thing. But they took the duct tape, submitted it to the FAA, and they said, "Oh yeah, so that's a necessary thing." For it. It's speed tape, ten times, hundred times the price. I mean, it just it's nuts. Oh yeah, well that's our website. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Advertising, I will say, we've, we've been pretty good on social. If y'all like social media, uh, I do the Instagram, which I like. Um, we're on Facebook, you know, Twitter, the whole works. 
Uh, it's interesting because we get our, our statistics on a rolling basis, and um, our number one generator of passengers is uh, word as a repeat customer. Our number two is word of mouth. Our number three is social. Uh, all of our traditional avenues of print, TV, radio, which you, you got to do, you have to do that, which is very expensive, uh, does not generate us nearly the amount of people that probably once did for back in the day, if you will. So, you know, it's just interesting is everybody, everybody's a hero behind a computer commenting on what you're doing. And you can ask Mike because he's out there too. Where I'm out there almost every day, as much as I can. I used to be out there every day, I'm not anymore. Talking to pastors that come off the plane, how was it, what, how was this, can I help you with this? And you, know, you get some hot shot on them, like, this is the worst airline I've ever You're like, yeah, just, you know what, call them up. Send an email like, hey Paul, I read your email, this is Trey. What's up? That, that tone just goes down. But people can kill you on the social media. I mean, we've had, we've had very, very few. I mean, we've flown, I don't know how many people we've flown now. 15,000? I don't even know. Um, I should know that, I'm sorry. We've probably had two or three negative complaints. And that's, that, that will most likely increase as well if we grow and you're resurfacing more people. Therefore, you have a natural chance of having more people being pissed off at you. But, you know, I, I think it's very important to, I, mean, I, I can't depart too many lessons on you other than to say, whatever you're doing, believe in it, because you'll be told no a thousand times. Uh, constantly try to get better at it, because you have to, unless you can get beaten by somebody else. Regulation can be your friend. And if one of you guys wanted to go out to our airline tomorrow, I may give you a hundred bucks to invest, but good luck, I won't see you for three years, you forget it. It just takes that long. I mean, just, I don't care how much money you have. We, we were well-funded, and it just took us that long. Um, so, you know, don't, don't be scared of regulation. It could be a natural, Actually, enemy to your competitor. Um, and hire good people and pay them well because you, you do get your pay for And when you have people that are interfacing with a customer, because there are options there's the car, there's the Greyhound, there's the Amtrak, there's Delta, there's United, there's you know, on and on and on. So, you know, don't, don't be afraid to hire people that want to carry your vision with you, with them, interact with those people because it's really important because you don't always just have one shot, but. It's true, it's like that in shoulders for the first ones, you know, the second chance, right? So it's very important. And um, also don't be afraid to take your time off when you can get it. That's also important. Um, listen to me like I know I'm talking about. Yeah, that, that's really it. I don't, I don't want to go through a whole meeting. I'll answer anything you want to know, you know, that you'd like to ask me or talk about technical aspects or people or funding or whatever. Happy to do it. Um, if you guys would like to come take a tour, Email me at info at flightweb.com. It's pretty cool to go out to the airport and all the noises and racket and stuff going on. If you've, you've never, most of it's important for jet, but right. We do a ground operation. You walk down the jet bridge, down the ramp, onto the aircraft, and then the staircase on the other side. Um, so it's pretty fun. We do, we do a lot of tours. So you guys are ever out the southwest and wait for your flight to wherever you board, you can call. You can call tour. So. That's really it, but anything you guys, you know, any questions you have, you know, don't feel free to just go for it. Great story, and hopefully this is just the beginning of the story, right? And have you back in a couple more years when you're taking on the Southwest. Definitely. Um, questions? We've got lots. Being the small fish in the pond, how do you steal customers away from the larger companies? What people say. Well, generally speaking, our customers were people that were choosing and electing not to fly. 
because until we came to the market, it was 800 bucks to all these places, and it's a connection at six hours. Uh, we are hyper-competitive on pricing, and the nonstop aspects of the helps. And I was discussing with the dean earlier, airline passengers make irrational business decisions. You would never pay. Here's Delta. Here's America. Delta is 800 bucks to Dallas. Delta American is 400 bucks. Well, if you're a big Delta flyer, people will pay more money for the same model because they want their benefit, they want their upgrade, they want the points, blah, blah, blah. But say Ford, which no one ever spends. <laughs> um, so business travelers make completely completely irrational decisions. They will pay more for the exact same modified service, which is what it is, to see. Because they want that and they want to feel good and want to do that. We've been successful at getting to those people and saying, okay, great, you can fly through Delta through Atlanta or United through Houston, Intercontinental, and you know, selling that direct service and selling the time. But you will never, in, in a non-stop, unserved market, the average airline that offers that service is expected 80% of the world traffic. So we will never, well not never, but we should only expect to really be an 8 out of 10 people on a fly to Shreveport for five minutes. Because you will always have that be set with the population traveling. But irrespective, will always go over here. So we've been, it's really about education and doing stuff like this. I was in Shreveport the last few days, I gave four talks. Um, you know, we send Mike's going to street, Mike's going to Autech uh, on Saturday to talk. So, you know, really just getting out there and talking to folks. You'd be surprised if people went to me on and like, oh, guys, I just heard about you last week. They could have we been in the market since November. How do you not, you know, but I'm too close to it. So, really, education, um, it's just like anything else. If they don't know about you, they won't use you. And, it, and it's difficult. You're right, it's very difficult in the market we're in to get that um, market presence. But we're, it's, a, it's always been up to push. The bigger we get, the easier we get, I think. But we've got to get pretty big and make it easier. Because we, we've got a fleet of three with one company. Delta's got 850 airports, and they're worldwide. So, you know, a little different. Yeah. See a question over here. Oh, what's, your, what's your limitations as to, like, with luggage, with travel, well, not travel time, but travel distance, like, with the, with the aircraft? Well, this aircraft can go a long ways. I mean, but I'm no fool. Nobody wants to fly this thing to Chicago. It's just too it's, it's a very comfortable experience. We have a very suspicious pitch, which is leg room between you and the seat in front of you. We don't charge our bags. We have free drinks and cook snacks. We've got, uh, we don't charge for anything, okay? So the limitation, economically, uh, really over two hours, it starts to, your, your maintenance curve starts hitting the roof for what you're getting revenue-wise. And that's a, that's the thing about the airplanes. Everybody says, well, fly to take it, uh, St. Louis. Okay, well, if I fly to St. if I can, Fly to Shreveport ten times a day, or fly to St. Louis three times a day. I would fly to Shreveport ten times a day because I can get that many more people on the aircraft to short flight, less fuel. So for us, shorter distances are actually better because it's cheaper, you have more revenue opportunity. Now St. Louis may be in high demand, but if you fill the plant to St. Louis with 30 people, the plane's gone out of out of our rotation for seven hours. Lucky with Shreveport five times to it. So it's just an economic thing. I mean, it depends on what you can get on the inside. How do you handle the limited number of aircraft that you have? You know, sometimes the light goes on in the cockpit and says, do not take this. Yeah, it always off. does. Every single flight, the light goes off. It says, don't fly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know that when you started this business? I had no clue. I didn't work a lot about that much. Um, we basically, you know, these aircraft, we work them about 6.7 hours a day. They are good for up to about 10 hours. I say good. You can operate nonstop longer than a row. 
but we have a lot of flex in our fleet. And with our three airplanes, we basically run a two airplane operation with a third as a spare. And the fourth one will even help that reliability a little bit. But I mean, there's certain things you just can't help. I mean, they just break. And if they do, they just do. And so you try to inconvenience your customers at least as you can. But you know, we, we, we didn't take the approach of let's fly as much as humanly possible, like Southwest does. And their flight was just 14 hours a day, which average you know, Delta American Continental flies about 10. So Southwest is getting four more seconds out of their aircraft over the other guys. We're way shorter than that. And as we get more reliable with our maintenance program, we'll probably increase that at the moment. And then it becomes a factor of pilots. The pilots have this matrix that can fly. You know, 14 hours a day, you can fly 12 hours. And you can only fly eight legs or 12 hours. I mean, it becomes a big people issue. So taking all that into account, you can sort of make your flight schedule that way. I know you said that funding was one of your major challenges. Um, is it also difficult getting in with new airports? And if so, what is the process that you take? You know, actually, you know, like I said, air service is really a nonpartisan issue. And everywhere we went, um, here's particularly good, believe it or not. Um, the way sometimes we read stories in the paper and other people are about the city, not it's administrative. But the airport's very, very good. Um, we are, you know, we, everywhere we went is just very welcome very helpful and uh, that was, I wouldn't say a surprise, but I expect a little more, here's, it's a public, generally speaking. I think there's, there's two private airports in the United States where I'm in Missouri, but they have to do for one what they have to do for all. They can't single out and say, hey, you know, local guys, we give you some extra payments or some free stuff. No, whatever they do for this person, they have to do for everybody. So in that respect, talking about regulation being your friend, that sort of helped us. But all of our, there's one particular city I won't mention in the southeast, and it's just terrible to do it. They're horrible. And I wish the newspaper would call it from my hometown. I got to be quoted, be like, like, these guys are morons. But um, no, for the most part, it's been, it's, that's what have been one, one of the easier aspects of labor market is dealing with airport authorities and the lower government. What kind of challenges did you? experience in the very beginning when starting the business and still trying to either work full-time or support yourself and your family, and how did you deal with those? Make a bar. No, I'm, I'm dead serious. I thought I thought I was broke, like dead broke, half a dozen times. And I, when I started this, I was running around town having a great time. The queen I got married, finally kid yet, that's on the way. Um, so, you know, all of a sudden I had this family, and I had a life, and I had a house, and I was like, oh my God. And if you're not, some people will tell you, look, if you're not willing to risk it all, then don't do it. Yeah, I get that. And a lot of people are risk averse and say, well, no, I'm only dedicate, bless you, uh, X number to that, I'm going to do this. And, you know, there's just going to come a time where, like, it's like playing blackjack. You know, you, you, all of a sudden you're out of money, and you're like, well, geez, I think the next car is going to be a face card. Here's my last five bucks. And you know what? You may win, you may not. But you got to be careful because you don't want to go in over your head. But I think you have to be willing to, to at least accept the fact that you you may lose it all. If you, I mean, if, if you're going into business saying, "Well, here's here's what I can dedicate to it," and it's more than that, than I'm not the fool. I don't I mean we had contingency built into this plan. We had, oh, we're only going to spend this much money more than we thought. Way up. Um, you can never have too much money, right? So it. For business, um, so you know, I, I would just say, and, and, and not all businesses are risky as this one. I get that, but 
if you're not prepared to take some hurt over it, I don't think you're really into it. That's just my thing. You probably learned a totally different thing than this one, but I, I don't think if you're willing to take the hurt, then you need to do it. Other hands over here? Yeah. Hey, um, when choosing the, the other cities, um, you know, Shreveport with this Little Rock, uh, how did you really validate that there was a need for, um, for the airline there, other than it just being close to New Orleans? I mean, how well, did you get the local buy-in? Well, still getting it, honestly. Uh, we're still educating and still getting it. Um, it's like my story about I'm going to fly to China, how many times you fly, never. Look at historical, and it says 1.3 people a day. We looked at, and not current, the historical data has some validation to it. Uh, going to businesses, going to people that maybe you're an user customer. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, you can't, it, it's hard to pre-sell something that you're not sure is going to exist. So in 2012, I'm running around Streetport, like, Hey, you want to buy some seats on this plane? Well, when is it going to happen? I really don't know, but we, can we have your money? It just don't work, right? So it's very difficult. Um, and I, I think to a large extent, it's just like any business until you actually throw open the doors and say, we're open, come buy my stuff. How do you really know? I don't know. I mean, I open a shop on Magazine on Main because there's so many different stores and they're all cool. But how do you say, well, I'm open a shop on the 800 block of Magazine and they have a billion dollars. Let's just go for it. I mean, how do you, I don't know. But, in our business, it's just putting together your best guess. There's no way to, there's no machine to sit in and stick it out and say yes to it. It's just, let's do it. How have competitors reacted to you? Uh, day one, Delta matched all of our fares, which was flat. Frankly, <laughs> um, uh, But, you know, we're so, we're so small. I mean, it's, it's a huge business in our minds, but it, it is so small that, no, number one, Airlines started acting rationally after all the bankruptcies about six, seven years ago. All the hedge funds decided, okay guys, go make money, okay, cut this crap out. So they merged, because they were all by the same 15 investment companies. They didn't, the whole story is true, it's like, we don't care who merges, we all are getting together and merging, this is absurd. So they got the idea out of their head of like, let's go take market share, which sounds cool, we're not making money, like they will or not, who cares? So they all retrenched, went back to their separate corners and decided we're going to make some money. So back in the day, yeah, it's possible that Continental would have alive, would have dropped a 737 on top of us from Little Rock or Memphis down here a hundred times a day just to run us off. But that's irrational. And now they're not thinking like irrational businesses. They're actually behaving normally. So they have the nerds that sit there and go, well, this market is way too small anything we've got. If we go out there and run this thing, just try to kill off blow, who the hell is blow? We're going to go lose $55,000 a day, times a week, times 365, that makes sense. And so with the gauge of aircraft, with the competitive landscape the way it is, short of an imitator or somebody that just comes along and has a better idea than we do, they could do it you will, you're not going to see a major come attack us. What keeps the majors from picking up similar aircraft? Pilots, boat clauses, uh, wages, uh, you know, Delta had, 200 plus 50 seat regional jets they grounded last year and they said, I said, I'm doing it. Uh, the fuel cost drove a lot of people out of these markets, but this aircraft is, operates at a 6% more efficient rate than jet. People say, well, why don't you fly a jet? Well, if this aircraft, you know, the jet's a dollar hour, this is 40 cents an hour to operate. So, and a jet would beat us to three, four by three minutes. Do you want to pay 100 bucks round for this three, four? No. Would you pay 150 bucks for this three, four round trip? So that's how we went off of those mirrors because it, it does limit you. It limits your range, it limits, well, it's not a jet. This has twice as much range as a 50 seat regional jet. I mean, 
I can stand up in it. It's got, you know, it's, it's tremendous. And it's the same as it can pass on to people. So that, that's one of the things. So. Last question? Yeah. With proper maintenance, how long would you be able to use that plane before you replace it? Well, these are, every aircraft is the same. So every aircraft is given a service line. And generally speaking, it's around probably 60,000 hours. And then what happens is there's enough interest in keeping the aircraft on longer by enough people to operate the aircraft. They go to the FAA and I say, we want to extend the life of the aircraft by 10,000 hours or whatever. <coughs> our, under our current schedule, we allude to, we could fly these things another seven, eight years easy. Easy. And that's that's being judged. Any uh, words of wisdom for our aspiring entrepreneurs or reason we should all go to Little Rock? Yeah, the Little Rock's pretty cool, I have to say. They, they're free doing downtown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we flew in barbecue day from Memphis. That was cool. That was my excitement. So. Uh, no, I'm honest to God, don't quit because you will, you will be surprised uh, how many people will tell you that you're crazy, lost your mind, wasted your time. Don't quit, please. I mean, it, it, this city in particular needs, I feel like so many people in our age range are just, oh, well, you get out there and go do it because if you wait for somebody else, and that's honest stuff. I sat there the night before, it was Valentine's Day weekend, I was in New York by myself. And I had a realization, I said, you know what I'm gonna do this for? Because I don't want to wake up, I'm 55 years old. Some guy had the you know what's to go do this. I'm gonna open the time for that says entrepreneur starts airline and street door. I would never forget to myself. And look, I'm not making, I'm gonna be dead broke asking y'all for a job here in a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> don't, just go for it because I, I couldn't live with that regret, and that's maybe that's just my character, the way I was raised to go do something. But don't don't expect anybody to come along and be like, hey, I heard about your idea, I think it's great. Let's let's go do it together. Because nobody can just go do it, you know. But and take the you know, great matter and study hard. That's my big And so that concludes part one. If you still have any questions left unanswered please, again, send them to me either via email at chris at runway.vc or, again, on Twitter, just runwayvc. Once again, we want to thank Loyola Center for Entrepreneurship and Community Development for providing us with the audio. Also, we want to thank them again, along with GLOW, for giving us permission to redistribute the presentation. For more information about what Loyola is doing with their entrepreneurship programs, along with GLOW, We'll put their links uh, in the show notes to their websites, social media, etc. Finally, for those of you who've been listening to the previous episodes, hopefully you've noticed something a little different with the intro. That music's provided to us by Bruno Moscone uh, and is most likely going to be our new official, quote-unquote, intro. So let us know what you think on Twitter. Bruno does a great job incorporating aircraft sounds into music. Great for writing or studying. Uh, I've used it personally myself. We'll drop a link to his music on SoundCloud in the show notes as well. Remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast either on Stitcher or iTunes by just searching runway.vc and, of course, hitting that subscribe button. Until the next time, thanks.